We all know people who seem to spend their entire Christian lives searching for the perfect church. And while some believe these are nothing more than sincere and assertive folks, diligently seeking God's truth in a day of apostasy, others consider them to be mere church hoppers, pharisaical legalists seeking refuge against anyone or anything that would challenge their presuppositions about God and the comforts of their religion. But is it really that hard to find a church that glorifies God and makes genuine disciples? I mean, how do we really know what a healthy and well-balanced church looks like anyway? And of the many churches to choose from in America today, how do we determine which congregation is really right for our family? Today, we'll be talking with a real pastor to help us sort all that out. And that's next on today's License to Parent. Well, to all you slippery saints who slide from one church to the next Sunday after Sunday, welcome to License to Parent. This is the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. And Shepherd's Hill is a year-long Christ-centered therapeutic residential program for troubled teens. Our host on the program is Trace Embry, the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill, and I'm Rich Rosal. And Trace, I am really anxious to speak with today's <laughs> guest. We're just trying to overuse the word yeah. because we got a discount on it. I get it. Uh, he is a real pastor, though, and we've had many real pastors on the program down through the years. This one, though, happens to be your pastor. For the past 15 or 20 years, you and your family have not only attended the church that he pastors, but you've also been bringing the uh, Shepherd's Hill kids and their families with you. So I've got to ask you first, before we introduce him, what have you found at your church that affects that kind of loyalty that, that makes you keep coming back year after year? Well, for me, it's a few things, whether they be right or wrong, I suppose that's open for debate. But uh First, I'm loyal to anyone or anything that's loyal to the person and lordship of Jesus Christ. Uh, second, I happen to believe that uh, Scripture ought to be the final authority on all things good, wise, moral, right, wrong, and truthful. Right. And this leads me to my third reason for loyalty to my church, which is really three reasons in one, uh, those being common sense, uh, wisdom, and the Holy Spirit. And I think my pastor, uh, today's guest, cuts the mustard in all three. Uh, so all that to say I'm loyal to a church body where the leader is a man who— uses wisdom, common sense, and the Holy Spirit to extract the best of his faith and ability from the authority of Scripture, what he believes will encourage and equip the saints to leave that holy huddle on Sunday for the game of life to be played in an unholy world on Monday. But uh, j just to give a plug to my pastor and, and to the church, if you're looking for a place uh, where a 5-year-old or a 95-year-old can hear the truth of God's Word and keep them both engaged at the same time and listen to some wonderful uh, worship uh, music, uh, and engage in worship, uh, come visit us at the Grove in Maysville, Georgia. And for those of you listening out in California, New York, or other parts of the country, you can listen to the Grove online. And uh, the pastor in question of uh, the Grove Church in Maysville, Georgia, is Pastor Jeff Appling. Uh, Jeff, by the way, is in his uh, 29th year, is it? You've been uh, pastor in the church? Wow. And uh, he and his wife, Lisa, who is with us in the studio as well, have been married 35 years. They've got three children, one son-in-law, two grandchildren, and uh, assorted others who wander in and out, I'm sure. That's us. <laughs> Jeff says, by the way, one of his greatest blessings, and I love this, and this is something we should all strive for as uh, Christian parents, is that all of his children are still on the team and still love God. Amen. Uh, by the way, uh, Lisa joins Jeff in serving in leadership at the Grove. Uh, she's the church's worship leader. And uh, the reason we've invited Jeff on the program today, of course, is because the Grove is 216 years old and still going strong. Mm -hmm. And Thomas we, Jefferson was the president uh, when that church was 
founded. Well, I thought you were going to say he attended there. <laughs> oh, no. But, uh, that's, <laughs> that's, a bit, that's a Jeff bit did, more of a... <laughs> but anyway, what we would like to see is other churches who follow this line of life, who, uh, who apply themselves, who speak truth, who... Um, don't bend to try to meet the whims of society mm-hmm. and, and culture and, uh, well, who live truth out. And uh, I know Pastor uh, Jeff and his wife are uh, are interested in affecting the rest of the world yeah. in this way as well. Amen. Well, Pastor Jeff, welcome to Licensed Parents. It's been long overdue. Thank you so much. Uh, what do you consider to be a, a healthy, well-balanced church? That's a huge question. I know. <laughs> I love that question. Uh, there are many, many parts to a healthy uh, life as well as a healthy church. And so you just kind of look at piece by piece. But for me and foremost, I think whenever you attend a church, you want to see who is the central personality in that church. And oftentimes they make that into the pastor or a particular group in the church. Mm -hmm. And that's not the personality that I look for in the church to verify its greatness. I think the greatness of a church and the personality in the church is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, He is the preeminent figure in any healthy church. It's not like Pastor Jeff's church or Pastor Johnny's church. It's the Lord Jesus and his church. And when his personality is... uh, glory, you know, it's the biggest uh, in the room, then I think the church has a chance for health. I'm curious about this because we were talking about this right before the program, the fact that your name does not appear on your church's website nor on its Facebook page, and that is really unusual. Is this part of the reason why? It was. Uh, Years ago, I said, I really don't want my name on anything unless it has to be. Not that I'm uh, afraid to identify with a local church or be a part. But the reality is so many churches today have their identity in their pastor before they do their savior. And I'm like, I think we've got that backwards in America and around the world. It's really not my church. It's his church, and I get to be a part of it. So for me to decrease and him to increase is very much on purpose. I really like that. I know that's one of the mantras here at our uh, parachurch ministry, Shepherd's Hill Academy. I tell our staff when when— this can't even be about healing kids or families. This has got to be about obeying the Lord first. He's got to be preeminent, and if that uh, uh, takes a second seat, then it's time to go sell shoes. Yeah, that's just the way I look at it. And the the other the healings will take place yeah. when you get the priorities right. But uh, what kind of social obligation does a church have to to get out and aggressively impact our culture uh, for the sake of the kingdom? Well, I think we have an obligation to be a witness wherever we are. Uh, regardless if it's in our uh, our vocations every day or uh, if it's uh, in any sector of society. Uh, I think God's people should be the light of the world mm-hmm. uh, and a city set on a hill, and we should be um, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ in every sector of society. Yeah. And I think that's a deficit in society because it seems like we've tried to relegate it back to just the church. And I'm right. thinking, oh, it should be in education, it should be in government, it should be in uh, media, it should be everywhere. So I think we have an obligation to be involved in every stream of uh, atmosphere out there in the world. Mm-hmm. But the Great Commission is for every Christian mm-hmm. uh, to be involved in evangelizing the world and being involved in building and developing disciples for the Lord Jesus that go out into every sector of society. Mm-hmm. If today I were looking for a church uh, and I wasn't familiar with church, which was my situation 35, 36, 37 years ago because I wasn't raised in church, 
um, I went to a church, and this is what I heard. I heard the gospel. I heard the fact that Jesus died for my sins, which I had not known before, mm. and that he rose again, which I didn't know, and that he ascended to heaven. And, and I heard it preached with passion. And when I heard that for the first time, I realized something in my heart said, that's true. Yeah. And you don't have that in your life. So I would, I would definitely look for a church, whether I'm loud or quiet, that has an emphasis on the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, um, again, lifting up the name of Jesus Christ uh, and submitting to the authority of God's word and saying the word of God is the final authority. The word of God is our nutrient. The word of God is our nourishment. Mm-hmm. And, and a church that emphasizes Jesus Christ, the word of God, you know, welcomes the word of God like an old friend. Yeah. It just says, come on in. I need you in my life. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that I look for to this day at the Grove, and I would look for them in another church if I had the uh, responsibility of moving to another church. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious about this. A lot of the emphasis that you just described is on evangelism. Um, seeker-friendly churches are or, or have been in recent times very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think the place is for a seeker-friendly church? And Bill Hybels, who was very involved in that, has come out with some more recent opinions about it. What are your thoughts? Well, I think the church should always speak the truth in love. And I believe that love is a power and a force and a, and a, a way of communicating that lost or saved, churched or unchurched, will give a reception to. And so the love of God, uh, speaking the truth of God, has a power that can change lives. I, I do believe people without God are seekers, and I don't think we should work to be obnoxious to seekers. We should love seekers. We should love those who are looking or seeking after God uh, because God will be found if they truly are seekers. But I don't think we should ever compromise the truth to try to make people just feel comfortable. We have to tell yeah. the truth because it is the truth that will set them free. And if we love them, tell them the truth, those seekers will be found. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's true if you look back at the life of Christ, he didn't tend to, while he did vary his message depending on who he was talking to, he didn't vary it from the standpoint of changing the rules along right. the way. Oh, well, come on. <laughs> it's it's well, okay. It's okay. Well, he let the rich young ruler go. He gave him a hard word. And I've heard, right. uh, Pastor, I've heard you give plenty of hard words that I've uh, applauded. I mean, it, you know, you're, you're willing to lay it on the line, and I, I, th- I think that that's important uh, in a position like yours. I, I think, uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But Oswald Chambers said that uh, the church ceases to be a spiritual society when it's on the lookout for the development of its own organization. Now, he wrote that 100 years ago, but it still seems to be all too common even today. Uh, how can a parent best determine when a church is being more concerned with its own organization over that of the organism, and that being the living God and the power of the gospel? My answer would have to be the focus of an individual church uh, probably shouldn't be on just the programs of the church. Uh, Programs are things that churches do. But I think the church needs to be more concerned about who we are rather than just what we do and do what we do out of who we are. Mm-hmm. We are Christ followers. We are people who take up the cross 
and die daily. We are people who have a mandate from God to follow and obey his word. Again, I go back to the point. A church that is healthy will be a church that focuses its heart on good Bible preaching, on sound doctrine, on biblical theology, and we do what we do out of that rather than just start looking for things to do and and get so involved in the social aspects of things going on around us that we forget about what God has already spoken clearly that we are to be doing. So the Word of God is our leader, and through the Holy Spirit, we go out and do what He says. To me, that's that's the heart of the organism is obeying the word of the right, Lord. Right. And, and that's just simple, but that's the way it has to be. Sure. How, how does it work uh, when you're when you're leading a church and you've got someone uh, you know, approaching you for, for fellowship or membership, and uh, they just flat out say, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't really believe in this dying to sell thing the way you believe it. Uh, how do you graft them in or... Well, the Scripture makes it clear that we're to reason with people. Mm-hmm. And one of the problems in America is that we have lost the ability to dialogue Boy. for the ability to die a tribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, people want to argue and fuss and quarrel, and, and that's just not really God's will. Right. Uh, I think God's will is for us to be able to sit down and reason together and to have communication and conversation about some of the great things of God and whether people agree on taking up the cross and following Christ. Uh, for me, it's a very simple solution. We'll sit down with the Word of God, and we'll have conversation. doesn't mean we'll agree together, but the Word of God does say, you know, how, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? And if a person came to our church and said, we're just not really interested in taking up our cross following God, but we do want to be a part and a part of the fellowship, I would say, you're going to be most miserable here uh, because this is going to be a place that's going to reemphasize on a re- weekly basis, take up your cross and follow Christ. And so you'd invite them to attend uh, any number of churches down the road. I mean, oh, I, there's I, churches <laughs> everywhere. So that's what, that's what I appreciate about you, and that's why I keep coming. Um, is, is it ever wise to choose a church based on where Junior is willing to attend? I mean, after all, it, you know, <laughs> Well, that depends on who's the parent. Right. Uh, if Junior's yeah, the parent, go. then you may make that decision. <laughs> but if Junior's not the parent, I then agree. maybe the parent should have the responsibility to parent Junior, yeah. which Junior, in his ability to decide, would be well, probably better off if a, you know, like you said earlier, if a common sense, Holy Spirit-filled parent made the decision to help Junior along. Yeah. On that note, we've got to take a break. Our guest today on License to Parent is Pastor Jeff Appling. He's the senior pastor of The Grove in Maysville, Georgia. If you'd like to connect with the church, if you'd like to hear some of Pastor Appling's messages, that web address is grovelevel.com. You can also connect with them on Facebook. This is License to Parent. You'll find us online at licensetoparent.org, and we'll be right back. Remember back in the late 80s and early 90s as the internet hit the scene? You know, the information superhighway? We had great hopes that this new knowledge economy would make our teens more aware, diversify their tastes, and improve their verbal skills. But the enlightenment didn't happen. Technology has had the opposite effect. What once promised great hope for the future is now used to indulge in diversions. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, subtitled How the Digital Age Stupefies Young Americans and Jeopardizes Our Future, or Don't Trust Anyone Under 30, 
presents a portrait of the young American mind at this critical juncture, revealing the true cost of the digital age and our last chance to fix it. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherd's Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, cutting, and suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and Licensed Parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent with our host, Trace Embry, the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill Academy. I'm Rich Rosel, and our guest today is Pastor Jeff Appling of the Grove Church in Maysville, Georgia, which happens to be where Trace and the uh, families from Shepherd's Hill Academy, and by that I mean the kids and their parents, uh, attend church on a weekly basis. And we're talking today about the problem of church hopping and how do you best find the right church, the right fit for your family where you can serve and where you can be fed. And uh, Pastor Appling, I know a lot of parents, for example, we were talking right before the break about letting Junior decide where the family's going to church. A lot of parents choose churches where the youth group is entertaining for their kids. I guess the thought is if they're entertained and engaged, then they'll want to keep coming to church. But uh, that doesn't always play out in the right way, and what brings them in may not keep them in. Exactly. What are your thoughts on that as churches develop youth groups? Well, we do develop youth groups. I've had the opportunity to be involved for with one church for 29 years, and so having the ability to observe up close, front row, 29 years, I have seen that entertainment is okay at times, I guess, uh, but entertainment doesn't keep them. And the reality is uh, children and teenagers have to be grounded in the truth of God's Word to be able to sustain uh, the things that they face every day. And that's why at the Grove we have emphasized putting the Word of God uh, as a uh, major factor in their hearts. We do the gospel project. And so we do have fun, entertaining things. But deep down, we know as uh, a staff it is our desire to put the Word of God into the hearts in a systematic way in the life of these kids because that's where sustainability comes for them. Yeah. I know a lot of uh, a lot of people do go for the entertainment, and if if you've ever been a comedy writer or a you know, stand-up comic or whatever, you're always trying to top your last joke. You're always trying to top yourself. You know, <laughs> that's next, tough. next week we've got to do better than we did this week. We have to keep getting better. I, I think we need to be looking for the word compelling rather than entertaining. I think so. And uh, have, have people gravitate toward the Scriptures because of how compelling it can be. What is compelling is when a life is changed. Right. 
And when these kids see life change apart from entertainment, but the moment they sense the move of God based on the Word of God through the power of God, that becomes so compelling that these children come back mm-hmm. over and over and over again. I think in the early days, I would have been tempted or probably was tempted to uh, create more of an entertaining atmosphere. But over the years, uh, there is no, uh, there's no way that that would win anymore. The reality is when lives are changed through the love of God, that is what brings these children back. Yeah. You know, in a conversation I had with Ken Ham a while back, we were talking about how incredibly naive it was to think that today's kids aren't interested in spiritual things enough uh, to keep youth workers from using gimmicks and games and myriad other crazy things to keep their attention uh, on the things of God. Our experience uh, was that when Scripture is intersected with real-world issues that affect these kids' daily lives, these kids are on the edge of their seats, yeah. And and, and most youth workers uh, actually don't go deep enough into things of God. Uh, with of course wise exceptions, why shouldn't the optimum age of a youth worker be forty five, fifty years old? You know, because you see a lot of these young youth workers, and I and I know there's some very good ones. I, I'm not, you know, painting all of them with a broad brush, but I've noticed that kids uh, really are looking for for someone older and wiser and more experienced. Uh, when it comes to going deeper with the Lord. Our youth pastor is about 40 years old. He has five children, Mm -hmm. and he is a trained Bible theologian. He has a heart for the Word of God, Mm -hmm. but he also has an ability to communicate with children because he has five of his own. And so that uh, ability to know the Bible well, to be able to deal with the matters at hand in our world uh, from a biblical perspective, has continued to build a strong youth group at the Grove. Yeah. You know, more and more people are telling me they're giving up on church, yet they haven't given up on Jesus, and and they do their best to worship Him at home and in their daily lives. What counsel do you have for the families like that? Well, that's difficult for me to understand because I I equate Jesus as Lord of the church, and, you know, He's not going to leave the church behind. That would be like me saying, I love Lisa, I'm just not going to be around her. Yeah, uh, Lisa and I have been married 35 years. Uh, I want to be around her. She is my bride. Jesus uh, is uh, the Lord of the church. The church is his bride, and the two are inseparable. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's sort of an oxymoron to say, make that statement. Yeah. The Bible talks about church discipline. You know, when families are looking for a healthy and well-balanced Bible-based church, what should they expect church discipline to look like in, you know, 21st century America? Well, church discipline is important. It's often not practiced simply because we have such a um, we'll sue you if you slander right. us society. Uh, and so churches are certainly uh, careful. Uh, if they do exercise that, they should have things in order if they exercise it. But I would say at the Grove that we do have a church discipline policy, and we actually have uh, used it. And what I have seen over the years is when it is carried out compassionately, seeking simply restoration or reconciliation, Mm -hmm. God has used it in miraculous ways. So the Word of God, again, when when carried out according to its own mandates, works. I want to try to bring us back around because we we need to bring this in for a landing, as we often say. But uh, we opened the program talking about church hopping. We've touched on it a few times. 
I'm sure, though, that church hopping is really an outside indicator of a much deeper internal problem somewhere, and the problem is either in the church or in the believer. But there are times, I imagine, when it is right to leave one church and to find another church. How does a family know if or when it's time to move on? Well, certainly the Spirit of the Lord will direct the heart of a believer. And I believe if a person is humble and hungry to be what God wants them to be, if something in the church is uh, has gone off course and they've forsaken the Bible preaching, they have forsaken the emphasis of the Bible, they've gone off on their own things, uh, they've gone into trendy more than truth, it may be time to make the decision. But otherwise, having been in one church for 29 years, I now see the value of staying for the long haul Mm -hmm. and the relationships, the accountability, the credibility, the trust. It's just so important to have that in your life, to be known uh, and to be a part. I see the value of staying for a long time. You know, we had Tucker Carlson on a while back uh, on our program, and he's a member of the Episcopal Church, and he disagrees with about everything <laughs> that they stand for, but yet he hangs in there. Right. Uh, and would you be able to articulate good reasons for hanging in, in there when there are so many things that just seem to be uh, a lost cause in the way they're doing things? Well, if Tucker feels like Martin Luther and he's going to turn the ship around, God be with him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know when you can say, uh, I've stayed long enough. There's nothing else I can do. That would be uh, certainly between he and the Lord. Yeah. But if he is there, he cannot endorse all of those things right. that they're endorsing these days. No, so he's, no, he doesn't. He's going to be a light and a dark denomination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And ironically, you mentioned turning the ship around. His latest book is called Ship of Fools. <laughs> 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 and we had him on, by the way, uh, we had him on just a few weeks back. So if you want to hear that program, you'll find it on our website. Trace, we, we could go hours and days on this yeah. topic, but yeah. we, we need to bring today's program to a close. Yeah, yeah well... Pastor, if you have any final thoughts, now's the time. Otherwise, thank you so much for being with us. I would like to say that being a pastor for a long period of time has been one of the great blessings of my life. But one of the blessings inside the blessing is having Shepherd's Hill Academy attend our services. Most people have no idea the value and the work that Shepherd's Hill Academy is doing with these young people. Every Sunday when I look out and I see the hearts of those precious young girls and those young men, my heart is again stirred to remain faithful to the call of God and the Word of God because I up close have seen the radical transformation in their lives. And I want to say on behalf of the Grove, thank you to Trace and Beth, Shepherd's Hill Academy, for trusting us with your children. It is one of our great blessings. Well, thank you for trusting us uh, to be in the same room with you. (laughs) (laughs) Our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been Jeff Appling. He is the senior pastor of The Grove in Maysville, Georgia. If you'd like to connect with the church, if you'd like to hear some of Pastor Appling's messages, uh, the web address is grovelevel.com. You can also uh, see some video clips and uh, hear some other messages from the pastor on their Facebook page as well. That's it for another week on Licensed to Parent. You'll find us on the web at licensedtoparent.org. And you 
There you can hear past conversations on a variety of parenting topics. You can also subscribe to Trace's blog, and you can learn more about our parent ministry, Shepherd's Hill Academy. If you like what you find, I do hope you'll tell a fellow parent about us and then join the conversation at LicensedToParent.org. Our technical producer on Licensed to Parent is Carl Peets. Our guest coordinator is Daniel Ficina. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to make plans to join us again next time and renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.